Brain Basement, a podcast where two friends who used to do yoga together in a basement now chat about chaos and wellness. As moms, we understand chaos. As expats, we get what that chaos looks like when you take it overseas. From Manila to San Jose, we share stories of living abroad and explore topics around mental and emotional well-being. This podcast is for expat moms who want to find wellness amidst the chaos of everyday life. Welcome to Brain Basement. We're so glad you're here. Welcome back, everyone, to Brain Basement. I feel like it's a like a family reunion because Annalie and I haven't gotten to talk in a while. So um, to all of our three listeners out there and for Annalie and I, here we are again. Um, today, we'll just talk about whatever's on our mind as we both have recently arrived at new new posts and how we're dealing with it and the emotional roller coaster that is our life. But before we get started, let's move right into three deep breaths. So giving yourself that time, something so simple as three breaths as you allow your face to relax, relaxing your palms, and just connecting to the sound of your breath. So finding your own inhales and exhales as they move through your lungs, your throat, and swirl around your brain, allowing that softness to melt around you and through you, through the muscles in your, around your eyes. And giving yourself that time to hear and be present with your breath. All right. I'm coming back to our conversation. Hello. Annalie, how are you? How is your new post? Catch me yeah. up. So we are in Guadalajara. Hola. I don't speak any Spanish. So this has been a shock to the system, but I'm used to it, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but yes, we've been here two weeks. And um, we thought we would arrive earlier than we did. But um, my spouse had to go ahead of us because our visas, mine and the kids' visas, were not coming so we had this extra like three week window where we were just like in limbo at the end of a really long summer of living out of our minivan <laughs> and it was so surprising how challenging that was for me because it really was just waiting but we were just fine everyone was fine um but, but it's like that waiting at the end of the wait, right? Like you have that date in mind of like, I can get through the crazy summer living in the minivan and visiting and living out of suitcases with this end date. And then that end date 
didn't arrive. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, oh, I, I don't know where I'm going to find the reserves, you know, to push through this last little bit and um, without my spouse, but it's amazing how quickly things can change because we got here and, you know, it was nice to be reunited and his fresh energy was good to kind of pick us all up, you know, in pieces. And um, so it's okay. The kids are in school as of this week. And my oldest came home the first day and he said, I'm the only new person in my class and I'm the only one that doesn't speak, speak Spanish. Is that true? Yeah. So I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. We have these glimpses, right? The first while is so bumpy, I feel like. And we've just had these moments of like, is this really, is this going to be okay for the kids? And, but it's hard to make those judgments when it's so fresh still. And I've, I always tell myself, I have to give myself six months before I start judging this place and just kind of like ride it and float for a while. But how do you not judge? I, you know, of course you're going to have all these opinions coming to mind. So anyway, but he came home and said that, and my husband and I, that, that night were like, Oh gosh, what are we doing? (laughs) And, but the sir, um, turns out the next day he got home. He was like, that was better. I talked to a kid and he said it was okay for me to play tag. And so it's going to be okay. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Good. Let's do this. Like, let's try. So just a mixed bag, you know, Yes. but how are you? How's um, Kiev? Kiev? What do you call it? <laughs> yeah. Kiev. It's amazing, right? Like this place is incredible, but just like you said, there's the, there's like the hiccups. And I mean, that's such a like beautiful idea to not judge a place for six months, but my brain is just in judgment mode. And especially it's, it's with something new, right? If I was seeing things that I saw, I had seen every day for the last 10 years, there would probably be less notice, which would lead to less judgment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How do you, um, just see things and experience things without judgment when they're new and they're making a big impression in my mind. So that would be a challenge. But um, I mean, mostly my judgments are great, right? As far as location, it's amazing. And then there are those hiccups like with kids going to school. So my kids are going to school for the first, first time in their lives as high schoolers because I've homeschooled them. Um, and and so this is my, I, I, want, I almost said second batch of kids, right? <laughs> like the, <laughs> the oldest two have had this experience of going to high school for the first time in their life and then moving on to college. And now this is the younger two have not been at school before. So it is, it's those like adjustments to life at a new school. And is this going to work? And are they going to adjust? And it's hard the first day. And 
you know, did you get put into the right level math class? And if there wasn't even a language assignment on your schedule, so you had to pick at the last minute if you were going to show up in Russian, French, or Spanish, <laughs> like the school didn't designate you with a um, class. So it's, it's those hiccups. And I have those worries too. Like, is this the right thing? Is this going to be too hard? Or could I have done something more supportive? Is this the most supportive opportunity? Because then they do learn that, right? Like they are adding to that bank. Like you're saying your oldest the, on the second day is like, oh, it's getting better, right? Like he's going to be able to learn, oh, this was hard. And then it got easier. Then I adjusted and and reminding myself of that. But at the same time, I mean, do we ever get to a point where we're not questioning it? <laughs> I know. I don't know. But that's so interesting about like, what you said about things being new because I thought I've had the I've been thinking this as I walk around my new house and of course yes my brain and I say I try not to make judgments I think I just mean I try not to decide to move (laughs) (laughs) in the first six months because yes how do we possibly like mute the judgments I have them all day long um but I decide to stay for six months (laughs) That's a a good, that seems more attainable. Like I will commit, I will not buy a flight out of here. Yeah. I'm going to stay put. There's a little trial period, but, um, and we've never left early, not to say that, you know, we won't someday, but anyway, it's amazing what time does. And it kind of, what you said about things being new, like it's when you're noticing something for the first time, like you're, you're seeing it with fresh eyes. So you're, you have that judgment attached to it mm-hmm. versus like walking around my house, you know, um, there was like mold on our wall and our ceiling. And of course, when I first saw it, it was like my whole body just like went into a knot, like, Oh, we've, you know, dealt with mold at our old post and it was such an issue. And I felt like it impacted my health. And so I just had this huge reaction to it. Like my body just started to tense up. Um, but we've been living it with it for like a week and a half. (laughs) And so after a week and a half, I'm looking at the mold and, you know, I still don't like it, but it's just, I think, um, my reaction's different to it. And And um, it's just true. When something becomes more normal, it's not such an extreme reaction to it, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think helps just giving time. Exactly. Letting time pass. Yeah. It's like our kids walking around with like pee pants on. (laughs) That's a horrifying idea. And then you're like, "Mm, I guess if you just want to keep wearing those shorts for another hour. (laughs) We'll just deal with it, right? Like the the things that seem so ugly at first. Yes, exactly. <sighs> Somehow not such a big deal. And in the meantime, can I just ask you about you're also running this mindfulness course? Like, how are you operating 
doing your own things that you've committed to and this move and little kids like how are you finding balance in life how's this all happening I mean, no, I have no balance. I'm teaching this mindfulness course, like this six week or four week, how many weeks? Five, I think, um, program in order to finish my mindfulness teacher certification. And um, it's been so stressful. Like I, and I knew that this move was coming and that I'd kind of be having to balance multiple things at once. But there have been moments where I just thought, there's no way I can do this. Like, I can't, I can't do this. And I'm not, it feels ironic to be teaching a course on wellness, like using mindfulness for wellness when I just don't even feel well myself, like mentally, emotionally well. There have been so many spots this summer where I thought, I am hiring a therapist the second I get to Mexico. Like, I need help right now. And I might still do that. I just haven't been here long enough to put that time in, but I don't know. It's been hard, but also like there've been surprisingly rewarding parts of it. And I'm still glad that I'm doing it, <clears throat> but um, yeah, it's been tricky. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing how we can find these wins and and like accomplish these tasks. I find I'm always amazed at people doing this, right? Who move, but also maintain anything else in, in life that's happening at the same time, or, you know, a family emergency or um, work that's happening that, that they transition and maintain a second layer of something else happening in their life and um and then we we do manage to do it and so and i've like watched your program which is so valuable and useful and i can see that it is certainly giving me tools that i need at this time and other people who are participating and also it's like useful to learn from you in this moment because it's not like the way of learning from someone who's just like well I have everything organized and I've got all the answers so now I'm teaching you this it feels much more like this is doable and this is something I can apply because Annalise living it and doing it not in the way of like I exist in perfect mindfulness all the time in the way that I'm committed to paying attention to mindfulness and noticing where my thoughts go and where my emotions are as, as life is throwing curveballs at me. Yeah. Well, you're so nice. Thank you. And it's, I was so nervous to start this program and every week when the class, when it's time to teach the class, I, get so nervous beforehand because I think my life is totally upside down. So something in me has, has felt like I needed to have it all together. Like I, I've been pulled towards that, like what you said, that perfectionist, I have to be perfect at this in order to teach it surely, mm -hmm. you know, and how do I show up for students when I 
I'm a total wreck. But um, it's interesting because I think for me, the classes that I've taken, when the teacher has gotten really um, just open about their personal lives and have given me a window into their own struggles, it really warms me up to that person. And it does make the class or the program more, it just makes me feel like, oh, you can do it on the go or you can do it with your life turned upside down. Or there's still these little nuggets that we can glean even if we're not living it perfectly. And I don't even know what living it perfectly would ever look like. I don't, I don't see myself being that reaching nirvana and like, you know, teaching with um, complete like perfection of mindfulness. I never see that happening. So I'm glad there's things to still glean. Um, because, Wasn't, yeah. didn't you and I have this conversation where it was like, if Jack Cornfield had this experience at the airport, like he would be frazzled if these like super, leaders in the world of meditation experience this they would also be like frustrated and ready to to fall apart and have a meltdown right like i yeah that is just part of it of knowing that but i think you're right for me for sure it is the teachers who are leading from a place of true understanding of the struggle that that is what makes like learning feel more attainable to me that makes the process i feel much more capable when i'm learning in that kind of situation or like the the math teacher who shares like her struggle in fourth grade you know and and you hear that story and then suddenly you feel more able to participate in the class and just as you and i like we didn't get to talk that much but just our little conversations so a couple things happened during this transition for me i read the book what happened to you okay who is written by um dr perry and in collaboration with oprah winfrey and it's all about we should be talking to people about what has happened in their lives, what has, instead of what is wrong with you. If we can ask someone what happened to you, that then we mm. learn so much about them. Um, and then one big takeaway from that book, which I really loved everything about it, but was just that the community and talking through your experiences is really so much of what helps you understand and learn and grow from things instead of holding it onto them as pain. And so just Mm. like you and I being able to talk to each other going through all the craziness at the same time felt like, okay, here's someone I can unload all my emotions on who won't take it personally or with judgment who can understand. And, you know, it just felt like that connection was there. And then okay, I've talked, talked through that. That's an experience. And it feels like a shared experience because someone else out there gets it and understands. And so that then it was just another avenue for me to see like these, how important these connections are and Mm -hmm. our 
our podcast that we have created that we were just talking about how on earth are people listening to us when we're just talking in our minivan <laughs> um <laughs> but you know this is this is the truth this is like the real truth of it and i think a lot of the struggles that so many of us face and the emotional roller coaster of of every piece of it of having your your like child who you love and want to support come home from school and say i can't maybe i won't even make a friend here um yeah i know it's so true and it's amazing how loud like that imposter syndrome voice can be in our heads mm -hmm. like um kind of what you were saying just the power of connecting like like we don't even have to maybe um I mean that book sounds so interesting but like you said what did you say hold the pain put the pain on them or something just the act of like talking about it is yes. quite powerful yeah and yeah in the book that it's with the research that Dr. Perry was doing he he was looking for you know comparing the effectiveness of therapy and counseling and and seeing a psychologist and a psychiatrist and all of that as being very, very effective, but recognizing that also the same um, result or even more could happen if you just have the same connection with your someone you talk to who happens mm -hmm. to be your cousin or a, a member of your religious community or you know, if you have that community so that you end up talking through your experience five times Mm -hmm. that one person or five different people that it's that that release of talking through it yes and I love that and what comes to mind is this you know back to the mindfulness program that I'm teaching you know I have this imposter syndrome in my head that's like telling me like you have to be you know this perfect teacher and and, you know, they can't know about my struggles because then it's like, oh, you're not legit or you're a fake or whatever, you know, or you're not sitting every day in meditation. Like, how can I learn from you? You know, but it's like those connections are so powerful. Like just the act of getting online, you know, because we're all over the world and, and also COVID is an issue, but um, getting together in person, but it's so like you said, so therapeutic, so validating, so um, connecting to just be able to sh share an experience with someone and feel that um, you've been heard. And even as a teacher, that feels so good, you know, to be able to open up a little bit. And, and, um, and there's so much research behind it too. And that's the part that I'm just like, see, this is legit. Like, when people have a perceived sense of belonging and connection, there's so many aspects of our health and well-being that flourish and improve. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, I'm such an advocate for um, just really um, being aware of those times in our life when we feel lonely. Mm -hmm. I think loneliness can be a tricky, tricky spot for our health. Yes. and our well-being it can it's a slippery slope right right because if you start to feel alone in the way that you're thinking or like no one's ever felt this way before or 
it's kind of a danger. It can be a dangerous place Mm -hmm. because um, you forget that you're not alone. Like people's minds, everybody's minds are, you know, throwing crazy thoughts at them all day long. Yeah. And in our situation, in our community of moving, it's like we're deliberately leaving that place of community and belonging. Mm-hmm. Like we're doing it every two years. Like we're just like creating loneliness for ourselves. We're it's like, let's be lonely again. Ready, go. <laughs> we're like putting ourselves in that situation knowingly and And then if we're not paying attention, you know, uh, like for me, for sure, um, at times when I was moving, you know, I'm like, why do I feel this way? Why is this happening? Like, I'm so unaware that I've just lost all my sense of belonging and connection and then moved myself to a place where I have no (laughs) belonging or connection. And then I really just wonder, like, how come I don't have everything together and haven't set up my house and been motivated to, yeah, go out and try to communicate in a language that I'm not proficient in and, you know, get shot down by taxi cab drivers and get frustrated (laughs) when I can't weigh my own vegetables and yes it's so true like even the smallest thing when you're in that vulnerable state of of being alone Mm -hmm. how quickly it can turn into something so much bigger when if I'm in a normal yeah in a place where I'm familiar and comfortable like if a taxi yeah like gave me the cold shoulder I'd be like who cares you know like I know what to do but yeah it's when you're when you're in that emotionally mentally vulnerable state it's true it's like feels like you're kind of under a magnifying glass like everything is just magnified and you start um telling I start telling myself stories about my situation that I don't think I would had I right. if I didn't feel yeah that sense of like loneliness I was talking to a friend the other day that um is in Saudi Arabia and she um we were, we were kind of chatting about this, like, and especially the layer of COVID too. I think it's a hard time just to make friends and at post because um, you just can't get out in some places. And we were talking about the things that we do to keep ourselves sane. <laughs> and we're talking about the different bugs that we have in our kitchens and some that we just have come to peace with that we know we'll live with for the next three years. And She's like, I just started like playing a game with my aunts, you know, like they're coming, they're coming in my kitchen all the time. And I'm trying to like have this war with them, like trying to keep them out. But she's like, I've just decided to kind of like embrace it. And she's like, the other day, I just thought like, what if I just peeled a banana and just put it out in my backyard and like gave it to them? (laughs) And just like, you know, maybe they would go there and sit in my kitchen. Anyway, it was like, who in the world would be having this conversation, you know, except for us, like, um, foreign service spouses who are like, what else am I going to do with my time except for wage a war or just befriend these insects? Cause I don't have anyone else to talk to. So it's kind of pathetic, but that's exactly how it feels, right? You'd like show up, you're in this new house that doesn't feel like home you're just looking at these walls and the the Drexel furniture and the 
fighting hippos headboards in every room and it's just <laughs> right the like my spouse goes off to work and here we are right and there's nothing like this is the time i have no appointments i have no car i have nowhere to go and so you know where does my mind go with that when <laughs> of yeah. course to the mold and the ants and the like yeah gate guard or the guards checking the doorknob and worrying about these things right that's yeah and going back to our like winnie the pooh cast of characters voices in our mind and piglet being that voice of fear it's like the way to have the like the rabbit that critical voice is there because of our brain like trying to protect us and that negativity bias that I'm looking around mm -hmm. my house for things that like oh what mm -hmm. what do I don't what do I not like about this mm -hmm. what's what's not gonna work what do I have to fix and what do I have to um mm -hmm. right like how do you how do you escape that when that's the voice in your mind and you don't have anyone around you that you know to talk to? How did people do this without before when you had to call someone on the phone and pay $10 a minute for your phone call? I know. I don't know. I know. You got to dig deep and find things that really bring joy, you know? And I'm like, we've talked about on here the the pitfalls of toxic positivity and all that. But I've also been thinking lately, like, it's so important to try to be as positive as possible. Mm -hmm. Because especially just the current state of the world, I've been thinking about this too. Like, there's just so many things, like you said, that our brain is looking for that to fix and all the problems to solve. It naturally goes there. And, and that happens to everyone. So we can release that judgment, you know, like, why is my brain doing this? But it truly happens to everyone. But to just um, think for a minute, like, I don't know, I've just been thinking, what, what can I focus on right now that actually is bringing me joy? And I've thought so many times of like going back to that age old advice of keeping a gratitude journal at night, because I think just to offset that negativity bias, you know, like there has to be like something on the other end to bring some balance or like speak back to that rabbit voice because it can be all consuming. So it's like, and this week has been better in that way. You know, I've thought like, oh my gosh, we're like back to the world of mangoes, you know, and the mangoes are so good here and we've missed them since we left the Philippines. And like, just to sit down and eat a mango, I'm like, this is something that feels so good to me, you know, or even just like the fact that my kids are back in school after a year and a half of complete limbo and so much virtual school. And I, you know, they walked out the door that first day and I felt like my body just like let out a huge sigh. Like mm. you, we've been on top of each other for so long. It just felt good. And like, I don't know, that kind of felt good too. And yeah, I don't I know. That is important. Like, this is not toxic positivity of no, like trying to pretend that you love things that you hate. But yeah, I think the balance is smart, right? Like these these things are hard, and this is a struggle, and that's true. And I 
recognize and respect that, right? And I'm going to like cry and I'm going to be stressed out. And also I love eating a mango and the flowers are beautiful here. Like they're growing up in the cracks of the sidewalk, right? Like these beautiful flowers are growing everywhere. So like noticing just deliberately bringing in that balance of what, what the, the good things that are happening in your life, because our brain is already bringing, bring, steering in one direction of being good about noticing one side of things. So it's just bringing in the balance of noticing the other side of things too. Yeah. And it feels good. It's like, as small as it may be, like the flower coming out of the crack, or I noticed, yeah, across the sidewalk from us the other day, there was like this little burst of purple coming through all this green. And I was, I don't know if I'd noticed that like 14 months from now, you know, just because I don't know if my eye would catch it because things become just normal, but it's like, those are things that feel good to linger on and yeah. Yeah. And it is, this is our time to like see things with fresh eyes, right? Like I do notice like, oh, look at the shape of that building or look at this kind of cool old historical, something must have happened here. Did this used to be a monastery? Like these are the things that I have the ability to notice now that, that I'm going to overlook 14 months from now. Um, Mm -hmm. And like the, quaintness of the tram like the noise of the tram going by or just like my son playing video games and being so like silly and goofy and just hearing him talk to someone else that he's playing with online and I thought it was one of his friends from before and he said it was a friend from school which is like now okay like you're you're making friends here it's been a couple weeks and like this is someone you're comfortable being goofy with and not because my kids are in high school so not in the like trying to be cool way and Mm -hmm. all of that like those little wins that happen yeah if you just read the news it's hard to um yeah remind yeah and there's this other aspect too that while the world is like spiraling downward sometimes I have that urge to feel like guilty for, you know, my own hardships and like how legitimately hard it is to move to a new country. And like the, that transition of and complete upheaval. And, you know, I think I'm like more self-aware than I was years ago where I noticed that, that voice of like, I don't need to feel guilty about this because everybody experiences pain, but there's that added layer of like, there's so much good in our lives, um, but I can still struggle too. And mm-hmm. that's okay. And, and, um, and those are valid things to look into and, and honor, like, mm-hmm. um, just to balance. Right. Yeah. It really is. And so many in our community are going to like every. I feel like I know so many people now that are going to help process refugee incoming refugees and like Mm -hmm. do this amazing impactful 
work in the world and I think, okay, like, you know, we're, we're in this category of people that do this with our lives. And now we have this opportunity to participate in these, these kinds of things. And then that is why we, we go through all of this. And then, you know, these people are the people that have the know-how and have the ability to like process incoming refugees and establish mm -hmm. residency in a new place and set people. So yeah, it does feel profound and, and still then they're like the small pieces of our lives, which feel very small, but like, I can't show up to be the support system for my husband who might have the opportunity to, you know, serve in this way. Mm -hmm. And, and he can't show up if he's worried about his own family melting down and right. It's all of these little things that lead to that bigger piece of contributing mm -hmm. like in a worthwhile way to the world and to those bigger issues too yeah i love that so much it's That's true kind of getting really woo woo and no <laughs> no i mean if it's woo i'm right there with you because you can't it's true i can't skip over my own well-being and expect myself to be in a good place to to help others mm -hmm. and lift them up in the ways that they need and it's so true Right. Right. Oh. Well, we can wrap up for today. Um, thanks for talking. It's a thank good you. I know. I think we're back at it, right? Let's we're keep back. doing this. It's summer's yeah. over, so we can we can snap back into our weekly, hopefully, episodes. Yes, that's it. We're doing it. Hey. Okay. <laughs>